0: to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit Greenwood Family Chiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. This is
1: Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317 893 2853, 317 893 2853. Or you can check us out online to schedule your first appointment. Greenwood Family Chiropractic.com. That's Greenwood Family Chiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, we are talking about ADHD and neurotransmitters. Now, I know that it has been a little bit of time since I talked about ADD, ADHD, natural ways to address it. So I wanted to touch base again, just as, um, you know, throughout the last, goodness, the last week, I've had three different patients who have asked me about ADD ADHD, and I would love to, in a full, you know, almost hour, be able to answer them in person. So I thought, what, not a better way to be able to um, to be able to go into a little bit more detail? Because I feel as if we talk about ADD ADHD, and I'll kind of break down the difference between the two. But I always think it's so interesting. Um, Because we treat it off of a symptom, right? Like can't sit still, can't pay attention, can't focus, is loud, right? Like all kind of these symptoms. But when we get to a little bit more of the root cause of the symptoms, um, no one really talks a whole lot about the neuroscience behind it. Now, I am not a neurologist, Right, But I do have some education in terms of the brain and neurotransmitters. And so although it might be seemingly heavy, uh, it is really one that I'll help kind of break down to have you understand a little bit better. But then, too, when we're talking about like dopamine, epinephrine, norepinephrine, like I want you to have the understanding of what is likely happening when we're seeing these symptoms and adults and children as well. We'll talk a little bit more about kind of the standard protocol in terms of allopathic treatment, which is prescription medication, and what the mechanism of those medications are. But then inevitably, you know, what, to, what do we do? Like if you're not comfortable taking that or, you know, especially now we're going to jump into some health in the news in a second, this very large um, shortage that comes with that uh, you know, what? what is it inevitably that we can do from a more proactive standpoint to address some of these neurotransmitters? So before we dive down deep into all of that, let's talk about some news.
0: Dr. Leanne's Health News.
1: Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News. Now, one of the world's
0: most commonly prescribed medications may Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar Protesters a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government.
1: For today's Health in the News, ADHD drug shortage stresses families during back-to-school season. So they talked about how um, earlier this year they've been noticing that individuals have been um, getting ready to go back to school. And after um, trying to go back, they've noticed that there has been a shortage. So 11 drug makers are listed as making Adderall or a generic version of the FDA's shortages website. And while some say the medicine is available, others don't foresee an end to this shortage for several months. Um They say a lot of young people that uh, this is a doctor, a professor of uh, psychiatry, Columbia University Medical Center, who serves as the president for the American Academy of Children and Adolescent Psychiatry. These people have like the longest names ever. Um, Like, what do you do? (laughs) It's like 10 minutes. Um, A lot of young people, he said. A, y- a lot of young people uh, have been treated, have difficulties getting their medication month to month. Without medication, many children with ADHD fail classes, um, are held back from going to the next grade, get sent to the principal's office for getting in trouble, doing homework. They say with treatment, they have just found this absolute focus, which is so interesting um, because it's a, an amphetamine, which is not methamphetamine, but it is a stimulant similar to methamphetamines, which, if you don't know what methamphetamines in, it's meth. Um, and so of course, they are the, these medicines are stimulants, very heavy, controlled substance stimulants. And they they go on to say, because the medicines are stimulants, they're controlled substances considered by the government to have a high potential for abuse that adds an extra layer of complexity in a ready opaque system for the pharmaceutical supply chain since the Drug Enforcement Administration sets limits for how much of substances the industry can make, which makes sense because then you don't have, you know, like it was a show. It wasn't anything local, but I remember watching this thing. It was like these moms... Literally, we're saying, oh, my gosh, my child's just awful. He's, you know, he's not. He's struggling at school X, Y, and Z. We'll get the medication for their children, but then they wouldn't actually give it to their children. They would take it as, like, moms because they're like, I can clean the house more, and I can get dinners ready, and I can do all of these things. Like, the moms were take. I was like, this is wild. Um, but so a couple months ago, the the DEA in a joint letter with the FDA said that last year, manufacturers collectively didn't make as much as they were allowed to. They were allowed. Oh my gosh. They were allowed approximately 1 billion more doses that they could have produced, but did not make or ship. So um, they're talking about how they want to increase all of these. We don't know how many prescriptions are being written, how much the product companies are making and what the gap is. Now, Truly, what I had heard more recently about this whole thing as well is because of more telehealth that's going on more recently for like mental health, the prescription rates for these have been going up, which is what in turn has been causing more of these shortages. And they talked about data shows more and more prescriptions have been written for ADHD medications over the past decade. The FDA and the DEA said dispensing of stimulants rose by 46%. (laughs) 46% 46% in the U.S. between 2012 and 2021. And they said specifically they saw that prescriptions rose particularly quickly among young adults during the pandemic. So the FDA also said it's approved several generic versions of Vivance. Again, these are all really heavy stimulants. You know, they actually looked at, and I guess we'll dive down deeper into this. So everyone is stressing about ADHD drug shortages, and how they can't get it. And I and I wonder if any of these prescribing practitioners ever looked and said, what do you think is causing this? Like, what do you think is causing this hyperactivity? This inability to concentrate this in adults and kids disorganization, lack of focus? Um, like, What's what's actually causing this? Or are they like, hey, sounds like you have ADHD, we should get you on a stimulant medication? And I know this might not be a popular opinion. I mean, I have kids. I've talked to my husband about this. Um, he was on Ritalin as a kid in terms of a stimulant. And it really was hard on him. And knowing what they know now about... Um, Ritalin and Adderall and its classification as a Schedule II drug along with cocaine by the DEA. You know, it indicates its drug and its high potential for abuse, but most people don't talk about as well some of the long-term health effects that this has. You know, we say Ritalin is appropriate, but we would never say cocaine is appropriate for a, a seven-year-old. And I've known adults now that have incredible heart problems because of the longer term use in terms of these stimulants as children and so again we're going to break down i want to go a little bit more in detail on this of maximize your life with dr leanne but just talking a little bit more about the neurotransmitters where those neurotransmitters are created and then what we can do for more proactive approach (laughs)
0: You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at Greenwood Family Chiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit Greenwood Family Chiropractic.com.
1: You've got questions, we've got answers. Maximize your life. Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you could always check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. One of the reasons why I do this show is because I feel like I have a lot of knowledge in my wheelhouse, and I often get asked questions about more natural approaches. Now, reminder, we don't prescribe, we don't diagnose with ADHD, but um, it's oftentimes where you see teachers in the classroom, like they don't diagnose either, but you might see a symptom and you might say, hey, this is associated with something else. And I, I can't imagine any mom specifically, or dad, mom or dad, mom or dad, um, as opposed to like an adult, right? Like, as a mom and a dad, you know, parenting is rough. Oh man, is parenting rough. If they don't even tell you. This is just like one of the parts. This isn't all the other working parts that come with the complexity of raising tiny humans. My goodness. You know, so I don't don't ever believe that anyone goes through this diagnosis or treatment plan lightly, but that is often why moms and dads will come and say, hey, do you know of anything that might be able to help, right? And so again, we're not doing these things to treat because we don't treat disease processes in the office. But when you fill in gaps and you start to understand the inner workings and the whys, it kind of makes it just a little bit easier to address. And so I want to break down, like we know the symptoms, if you will, of um, ADHD. So often the symptoms of ADHD, if there's inactivity, or I'm sorry, inattention, uh, disorganization, there's lack of focus, difficulty giving attention to details, having trouble staying on topic while talking, hyperactivity, you'll see the fidget in the squirm when seated, getting up frequently to walk around. Um, They have trouble playing quietly or doing quiet hobbies. If you have more of the impulsivity, you have the impatience, hard time waiting to talk or react, blurting out answers before someone finishes asking them a question. And you have all of these aspects. And part of me I, I see as well is that, you know, we have these these children who are meant to be active and they are meant to run around and we kind of put them and we say sit still for hours at a time and pay attention to this one thing and then when they get the wiggles and the squirms and the blurts and the the impatience we're just like oh wow this is you know we're like why are they just not sitting there with their hands folded in their laps quietly just you know we're like we'll let you out of your box for 45 minutes a day (laughs) it's just you know, so I always wonder how much of this truly is. And I know that there's different levels of um, kind of severity or inattention, if you will. But we just got to figure out a little bit more. So I, I want to be able to break down the brain, the gut and neurotransmitters and how neurotransmitter deficiencies has an effect on ADHD and brains. Okay, so when we do that, First and foremost, we kind of have to break down before we talk about like brain chemicals and neurotransmitters. We need to talk a little bit more about the brain and its anatomy. So there are millions of cells or neurons that are densely packed into various regions of the brain. Each region is responsible for particular function. Some regions interact with the outside world, interpreting vision, hearing, other sensory inputs to help us figure out what to do and say. Now, other regions interact with internal the world, like our bodies, in order to regulate functions of our organs. So for various regions to do their job, they must be linked together, right? Like this is different centers in the brain. They must be linked to one another with extensive kind of like wiring, if you will. So of course, there aren't really wires in the brain, but there's a... uh, myriad of pathways if you will like neural circuits that carry information from one brain region to another so information is transmitted among these pathways um, via actions of neurotransmitters right neurotransmitters each neuron produces tiny quantities of specific neurotransmitters um, which is released into microscopic space that exists between the neurons or so synapse. you'll kind of see these um, I feel like people see pictures of synapse all the time. They're like two flat ends, like they're almost like rounded triangles, and then there's like little like they look like little like circles or you know. Virus bugs or whatever that are like zapped back and forth, like those, those are synapses where you have these neurotransmitters and they're kind of like zapped back and forth, like neurotransmitters are passed back and forth. So, the key being, um, the neurotransmitters bind and stimulate that neuron. Sounds a little bit heavy, but we'll break it down. So, anyways, there are specific neurotransmitters that deal with anxiety. Mood disorders, uh, anger and control problems, obsessive-compulsive disorder. So ADHD was one of the first disorders found to be the result of deficiency of a specific neurotransmitters. In this case, more specifically, norepinephrine. The first disorder found to respond to medication to correct its underlying deficiency. So like all neurotransmitters, norepinephrine is synthesized in the brain. So the building block of norepinephrine molecule is DOPA, dopamine, right? So this tiny molecule is converted into dopamine, which in turn is converted into norepinephrine. So again, we're going to talk about norepinephrine, epinephrine, and dopamine all of these have an important role now know this these are all synthesized in the brain a lot of these neurotransmitters are actually created in the intestine so adhd seems to be involved uh an in impaired neurotransmitter activity right so when people have adhd no one's really looking and saying hey some neurotransmitters are not firing properly or as well as they could or should. ADD seems to involve impaired neurotransmitter activity. So let's talk about kind of the four functional regions of the brain. You didn't know you're going to get such a good learning lesson today. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. So, now number one is the frontal cortex. So this region of the brain is what orchestrates high-level functioning. So it maintains attention, organization, executive function. A deficiency of norepinephrine within this brain region might cause inattention, problems with organization, or an impaired executive function. Which sounds kind of a lot like ADHD symptoms, right? Your frontal cortex Your secondary area is your limbic system. So this is a region that's located deeper in the brain, regulates our emotion. A deficiency in this region might result in restlessness, inattention, emotional volatility. (laughs) So you have the frontal cortex, you have the limbic system. Number three is your basal ganglia. So these are actually neural circuits that regulate communication within the brain. So information from all regions of the brain enters the basal ganglia and then is relayed to the correct sites in the brain. So deficiency in the basal ganglia can cause information to kind of, you know, short circuit, if you will. So this is one that you'll often see uh, a result in inattention, uh, impulsivity. Now, your reticular activating system, this is number four, your RAS, if you will, so this is a major, uh, major relay system among the many pathways that enter and leave the brain. It's so interesting. I'm actually preparing to do a, a talk. I'm speaking in front of about a 1,000 people, 1,300. If you get over 1,000, it doesn't really matter how much. Um, Not stressful. Um, But one of the things that I'm focusing and I'm talking about is this reticular activating system. It is wild, the brain and how it works. Anyways, a deficiency in your reticular activating system, your RAS, can cause inattention, impulsivity, and hyperactivity. So these four regions interact with one another. So a deficiency in one region might cause a problem in one or more of the other regions. So This is one when we're looking at that and we're saying, hey, like the brain, right? You're like, no, this is not a problem. Like this is a brain problem. And you're like, it is. And so when you talk about like ADHD medications and what they do, in the most simple terms, these stimulants, the stimulants work by causing the brain to synthesize more norepinephrine, they raise the level of norepinephrine within the brain. Once the level is where it should be, the brain function changes. And this is where, because they have sufficient amounts of these neurotransmitters, you'll oftentimes see less hyperactivity and attention, impulsivity. But when the, when the drug wears off, those levels fall, those, those neurotransmitters fall, And then the symptoms return, right? So this is one where why they have to keep taking it. That's why they're trying to say, you know, we try to have the um, whatever, like slow, slow release or the long, the ones that last longer in the body, so they don't have to take it as often. And so when we're looking, I think the underlying picture is when we see these neurotransmitters, are part of the the problem and we know that inevitably these medication that come along with it again class two, class two like these are these are huge like these are these are not little when you talk about the side effects that are associated with these stimulants and giving them to children even adults and so One, we have to talk about the gut-brain access, because so much of that systemic communication, actually neurotransmitters are created within the intestine. And then the secondary component is like, how can, is there a way that we can go about naturally supporting these neurotransmitters? And that's what we'll dive into deeper next.
0: You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Family Chiropractic.com. a little longer, my friend. It's all worth it in the end But when you got nobody to turn to Just hold on and I'll find you Just fight a little longer, my friend
1: It's all worth it in the end Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853 that's 317-893-2853, or check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Social media, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Facebook and I think Instagram's Greenwood Family Cairo Instagram. Now, today we are talking about ADHD. And I know that in the past, we've kind of touched base on some of the symptoms and the signs, and I really dove deep into talking about some of the health repercussions that come with these medications. I know and I understand that most people won't take this lately, but I don't ever really know if they understand the long-term magnitude of irreversible health damage, like heart, for example, you know, Ritalin, Adderall, Vyvanse, most of those are amphetamines. Again, methamphetamine (laughs) is meth. Um, Adderall and Ritalin, for example, are a class two substance. So they are very highly regulated due to substance abuse. Reason being is because the whole purpose of them is to stimulate these neurotransmitters in the brain. I feel like kind of the one missing key that, or aspect, if you will, that most people don't talk about are these neurotransmitters, right? We just know like, Hey, I've got this kid, he's really wiggly, he shouts a lot, he doesn't sit still, I'm an adult, I can't pay attention, I can't get my room clean without, you know, unloading the dishwasher and then reorganizing the cabinets, like, I I get it, I get it, but when you talk about, um, you know, I, I know an adult now who has cardiac problems and will for the rest of his life, his lifespan is massively shortened due to the damage that was done while he took Ritalin as a child. And it was just surely because he had the wiggles and they couldn't sit still during school. And mom and teacher went to doctor and then doctor agreed. And um, so when we talk about these neurotransmitters, they are produced in the brain. But there's also quite a bit of research that talks about the gut microbiota and the influence of the gut microbiome on mental health via neurotransmitters. Now, this is actually one that I will not dive down deep into because one, I don't have enough time. Two, it is hard to make a little bit more um, entertaining or uh, interesting, if you will. But there was an article that was published in the Journal of Artificial Intelligence for Medical Science. That's interesting, but anyways, it was published in June of 2020, and uh, the it literally is a review, influence on gut microbiota on mental health via neurotransmitters, and so it talks about how you know there is a, a fairly comprehensive list of gut microbiota strands, so like healthy gut uh, bacteria, if you will, that can actually regulate neurotransmitters. So the gut microbiota, neurotransmitters, and mental disorders influence each other in a bidirectional way, which forms a triangle relationship. So sometimes we just think, this is just in the brain, right? Like all these neurotransmitters are created in the brain, but it's, again, this microbiota gut-brain axis. There's also the HPA axis, which is the hyperpituitary hypothalamus Pituitary adrenal axis, your HPA axis. So we're looking at all of these different symptoms, which is why it's just one so hard to um, differentiate. Just one organ system, right? Like you can't just say I'm going to look at just the adrenals or just the brain or or just the gut. Or when I have someone who comes in and says, "Oh my goodness, I have all of these symptoms: ADD, ADHD, depression, or anxiety." And we're like, we should look at your gut, (laughs) you know? And they say, but I poop just fine, right? Like, I don't have any GI issues. It has been so interesting to go in through some more advanced functional medicine testing to really talk about the gut's relationship, proper regulation of probiotics. And people sometimes just throw in a bunch of probiotics and then they over inoculate, create small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. Um, But if there's, Improper regulation, it can uh, induce anxiety and depression-related behavior in mice. Germ-free mice with gut microbiome from depressed patients So depression-like behaviors compared to healthy, controlled individuals. Um, you know, there is such something to say. And then especially when we have these like brain-related issues in humans, but yet we are treating our gut like a dumpster <laughs> you know like i don't know how to to put that so let's talk about um norepinephrine first right so we, we talked a little bit about norepinephrine so norepinephrine um in your brain and spinal cord increase alertness and arouse attention construct blood vessels maintain blood pressure in time of stress affects your sleep and weight cycle mood and memory um so where this is actually mostly produced this hormone stress triggers the release of norepinephrine from your adrenal glands. Your adrenals are tiny little glands that sit on top of your kidneys. Um, When they're low, right? So what happens is stress oftentimes um, if there's something that affects the HPA axis. And I'm, I, w- I am going to talk about ways to naturally boost norepinephrine, um, Naturally, but I, I think it's always kind of interesting where it comes from. Uh, when it's too high, this is where you see high blood pressure, irregular heartbeat, excessive sweating, um, headaches, nervousness, jitters. Um, on the flip side of things, as stress as adults, what I often see is like your adrenals tank, so they're not producing epinephrine nor epinephrine, the cortisol, the way that they should. And so then what happens is we have this adrenal fatigue that presents in other ways and then we treat it differently or some might say incorrectly. Now when you look at dopamine, for example, dopamine is like our feel good, right? Like this is this is literally dopamine is a neurotransmitter in your brain and it plays a role for your reward center. It uh, it's included in tons of functions in the body, memory, movement, motivation, mood, attention, high or low dopamine levels are associated with different disease processes, restless leg, Parkinson's, ADHD. Um, and again, when you're like, where do these come from? And you're like, the, the hormones primarily produce these catecholamines in your adrenals. And so again, adrenals serve for like fight or flight. But this is one where people are consistently looking for these dopamine hits. Like when dopamine is in excess, this is often um, like when you have the right amount of dopamine, you're happy, you're motivated, you're alert, you feel focused. Now when it's too high, this is where people are really euphoric, and they're really energized, they have trouble sleeping, they're very They have very poor impulse control. Um, They might be more aggressive. And when it's too low, right, this imbalance, you're tired, unmotivated, unhappy, um, concentration problems, sleep problems. So this is especially one. Like diseases associated with high dopamine are typically mania, obesity, and addiction. Why? Why for this? Especially addiction, that's the consistent hit of dopamine, right? Like that feel-good chemical and that feel-good chemical. And that's especially with obesity, too, if they're finding that uh, satiation of dopamine increase through food, right? Um, So again when you're talking about like dopamine and its role with addiction in terms of recovery that's one that they talk about so let's talk about some natural ways to increase positively like not and this is one where from a natural standpoint I don't want you to think well I'm just really too nervous to make it too high like I don't want to go into this manic episode when you are doing things naturally, it is harder for your body to chemically imbalance, if that makes sense. It's very different than if you were to take a class to uh, regulated chemical drug. It is in the same class as cocaine. <laughs> because if it's addiction, because all of a sudden we're like, hi, we've got these kids who are like not sitting and they're moving around and all of these things, and we say, hey, Let's, uh, let's give them a little brain hit at epinephrine or epinephrine. And we're like, wow, look at they listen. And then they want it more and they want it more and then they want these dopamine hits more. And we've got all of these aspects and we're like, well, what are we creating in these humans in their little underdeveloped brains? And so again, how can we look at and affect it more naturally? So number one, we are going to talk about getting an adequate amount of sleep. I am somewhat aghast at the average amount of sleep adults are getting and we justify it through caffeine and look at you know like people so oftentimes will get that dopamine hit through like excess caffeination smoking eating right we we kind of just treat these um neurotransmitter problems with like this outside-in approach But part of that is like, you don't want to know why you're tired is because you are getting like I had a guy recently was getting four to five hours of sleep a night. And like back in the day, I remember having a professor who like prided himself on only getting, you know, I only get four to five hours of sleep. And like, I'm like, wow, it seems like not a lot. And now looking at like tracking my my sleep cycles more for me personally, I need to ensure that I get seven to eight hours. If I get eight hours, I'm really happy. I I can function well at seven, seven and a half is kind of a sweet spot. But when I get into like the six and a half or six hours a night, I notice a huge change on um, my systems and functions throughout the day. You need to be getting seven to nine hours of sleep each night. And in your brain, you might think there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. But I challenge you To look at your phone and figure out how many hours you're on your phone after dinner before you go to bed. Because you need to put your phone down. Oh, I can't fall asleep. Get off your phone after dinner. That blue light is stimulating your body to say, hey, this is (laughs) really high. What you're gonna do, and this is norepinephrine, right? Uh, After dinner, you're gonna sit and you're gonna chill. And you're going to relax and do something that brings you joy. That is not a screen, my friends. That is not a screen. I don't know what to do. I don't know what brings me joy. Well, then this sounds like a mental problem, right? And so maybe the ADHD symptoms are are just a mechanism of, of a symptom. Like if that's listening to music, if that is playing a game, if that is finding a freaking adult coloring book, like... Do something that read an actual book, like do something that relaxes. Play with your kids, like actually be there and be present with your kids, (laughs) like or your spouse, not just sitting on the couch next to each other as you scroll mindlessly through it. Like, do something that brings you joy. This is going to have a huge effect on your norepinephrine. Um, you have to get exercise. What? I don't want to exit. Listen. I would say don't do it in the evenings, exercise in the morning, thirty minutes. It is something that if it is walking or if that's doing high intensity interval training, right? Like you can there you know, ten, fifteen years ago I wouldn't be able to tell you this. There are apps on your little like TV setting. I don't understand anything about smart TVs. I am the furthest one who should be probably telling you about this. But I was looking the other day and scrolling through and I'm like, well, that's cool. Like there's all of these different apps or streaming services that you can search videos or just like you have online, you have the intranet at your fingers that you can look at at home body weight exercises that you can figure out how to move your body for 30 minutes every single day. You can do it. Here's the other thing too, is you have to be mindful about what you're actually putting in your body. And so when we're talking specifically about norepinephrine, eating meats, meats, chicken, fish, nuts, eggs, cheese, these are ones that break down into amino acids and amino acids are the building block for a lot of these neurotransmitters. But the problem is, you look at, like, the average school age child. What are they getting? And you're like, they're getting Pop-Tarts, oatmeal, which is all carbohydrates and sugar, Um, toaster strudels, bagels, like, (laughs) all of this stuff. (gasps) Listen to this. I had a lady send this to me. There is an app And I used to think it was like a really good food app and you used to download it and you could scan your food. And she sent me this thing and it was like rated out of 100 and 100 is like the best. And she scanned it was like an egg sandwich. But it didn't have bread. The eggs were would, would constitute as the bread, right? So the eggs are at the top of the bottom. There's a turkey patty sausage in the middle and there's was cheese. Wasn't organic, but it was nitrite free. It was um, free range eggs, hormone free, antibiotic free, right? So in a good, better, best scenario, there's like 17 grams of protein um, and it gave it a nine. And I was like, a nine? I said how? And it was like, "Oh, there's too much saturated fat. Um, the sodium is slightly too high." But then, but then as she looked at, it was a like an eggo waffle, right? And it gave it like a 49. And I was like, "You have got to be kidding me. Like, what sort of Kellogg sort of company is sponsoring this app that you're like, "Oh, no, eggs and meat and cheese absolutely not." too much. And you're like, no, but that Eggo waffle, it's full of chemicals and um, gluten and carbohydrates and has no protein. Oh yeah, no, that's totally better. And you're like, I said, I will 100% stop telling people that that app is good. Like if you get app, don't use it. Now again, dopamine, like how can you look at that? A diet that's high in magnesium and tyrosine rich foods. So magnesium and tyrosine, so this is for dopamine your happy healthy mood regulator are building blocks for dopamine so tyrosine is an amino acid it gets absorbed into your body through your digestive system which why your gut so healthy and then it goes to your brain where it's converted to dopamine and so now think about this and the importance of this is your gut health important yes Um, When you're looking at this amino acid breakdown, like how your body breaks down these amino acids. So foods that increase dopamine that are high in tyrosine are turkey, chicken, almonds, apples, avocados, bananas, beets, chocolate, leafy greens, green tea, lima beans, uh, oranges, peas, sesame seeds, pumpkin seeds, tomatoes, turmeric, watermelon, wheat germ. That's pretty cool, right? Like all the foods that like God made Like all of these foods, not like hand compounded, you found them in the freezer section, there's literally 110 ingredients, like, oh, maybe there's only 20, but you can't read any of them because they are all synthetic made in a factory. And we're like, no, 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 those are great, but that's what we feed it. And then we're like, why? Why is the brain not getting enough magnesium? Why is the brain, why are these, why are these kids not getting enough tyrosine? And you're like, oh, you know, because you know what they eat? Um chicken pockets and hamburger helper and all of these things and you're like this isn't real food we can't figure out and then not only is it not real food on top of that what we're adding is we've got gluten which you know that's wheat barley rye spelt gluten like a sticky storage protein that binds to the small intestines um, oh, fun fact, um, how these transmitters actually get from your gut to your brain is your vagus nerve, one of the things that we look at and concentrate on at our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. You know, people are like, I don't have a sensitivity to gluten. But you know what your sensitivity is? Your, your sensitivity that comes in the part of neurological symptoms. Gluten is a significant trigger in neurodevelopmental disorders such as ADHD, right? But oh, going gluten free is too hard, right? It's too much work to go gluten free. But don't worry. We have this class two um, in the same class as cocaine drug that we can give them that'll make them sit still during school. But removing gluten? Nope, too hard. Come on, guys. You know, we, we have an anti inflammatory diet, like are we getting these really good healthy fats, avocado, coconut oil, grass fed butter, pasture eggs, eggs, extra virgin olive oil, or is most of the food that we're cooked in these super inflammatory oils, sunflower oil, safflower oil, vegetable oil, peanut oil, canola oil. And we're like, gosh, I can't, I, I don't know why we're so inflamed you know, we're missing these key nutrients. Magnesium is huge. Studies have found that magnesium supplementation benefit children with ADHD. One study showed that 50 children with ADHD or other behavioral issues had significant improvement in six months with 200 milligrams of magnesium supplementation. B6, again, Studied alongside of magnesium to reduce hyperexcitability, aggressiveness, behavioral problems in school-aged children. Magnesium and B6 play a role in development of all major neurotransmitters. Folate, right? This is B9. Methylated folate. So, again, where does that come from? Often leafy greens. What kind of kids eat greens? Mix them in somewhere. Choline. Choline is one of the main benefits of egg yolk. Remember that? Um, <laughs> remember that app that said absolutely too much saturated fat, but choline is a precursor of the neurotransmitters, acetylcholine. It helps regulate memory, focus, muscle control, you know, so why aren't we getting our kids eggs before school? Oh, cause we have to be out. Listen, I gotta be out early too. I got three of them. Zinc, right? Low zinc status depresses serotonin and melatonin, which can affect behavior and mood. Vitamin D right? There's another one. There's a strong association between low prenatal vitamin D in mothers and ADHD symptoms in children. So individuals with ADHD have also found low vitamin D levels as well. It's like, you know, glutathione, there's another one, right? Like primeivgreenwood.com, go get some extra glutathione and see how that affects your focus. Again, they found a key pathway in maintaining uh, cellular glutathione levels helps adapt to cellular stress. This pathway breaks down levels of oxidative stress, depletes glutathione and uh, mitochondrial dysfunction. So they have found improving glutathione status in ADHD improves hyperactivity and focus. It's wonderful for adults, right? insulin sensitivity. You want to look at chiropractic, they found that an upper cervical adjustment actually stimulates different neurocortical centers in the brain, including the frontal cortex. Like, are your kids getting adjusted? We look at these things and like, I'm not sure about the safety of chiropractic in kids, yet somehow we can put our kids on a derivative of methamphetamines and not have a problem with it because it's prescribed by your MD. Do we not see this craziness in life when we're like, Could we just start addressing these neurotransmitters differently? Why are we not getting down to the root cause of the problem? And inevitably, that's what we are always striving for. We don't treat, we don't diagnose ADHD, we don't treat ADHD. But if you have these symptoms of neurotransmitter imbalances, is there an opportunity for you to get down to the root cause of the problem? And the answer 100% is yes. But we have to be able to address it more specifically in the office. Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. So know that if you are a mom and dad or an individual themselves that are looking for different ways to help get to causation, there is a doctor that does it. But if you're not in the office, we can't help you. So 317-893-2853, Chiropractic.com. Look forward to next week, but always remember that your power is on.